Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Coming up on a Friday, Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Save that. Save that. So good, Friday, Friday. Ben and Woods, 97.3. The fans get our heads right on a Friday. Feeling great this morning and uh, summoning four more hours before uh, Paulie and I hit the road out to Arizona and fantasy camp. Very excited. Very excited to be, to be hitting the road today. Um, man, it's just always such a fun time of year. The weather is supposed to be fantastic, unlike, you know, 98% of the country that we live in is frozen solid. So thinking about all our, our Tier 1s in other places, got uh, a guy in the chat this morning, I think Tevin, is in South Dakota. It's minus 2, and it feels like minus 24. Ooh, so I, those days are gone for me, man. They are just gone. Uh, there's just no way I can do it again. I've, I've lived through a lot of that. Never again, my friends. I'm Woodsy. That is Paul Rindle. Now, I'm a Texas transplant. Polly is a Washington transplant, okay? And uh, Polly Rindle is our executive producer. Um, Pauly, we're, not, we're not all as uh, skilled as Ben Higgins. To be born and raised here. Yes, it takes a very special skill for your parents to make love and then your mother to carry you for nine and a half, ten months, and then, you know, you pop out and then you stay here in paradise. It's a very... Um, it's a very interesting and 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 worthwhile skill to have now, to be born somewhere. I married a local, as did I. So are we? No, sexually nope. transmitted locals now. Nope, no. I've I've learned over the years. It's not how it works. That's not how it works. Do you guys remember Ben Higgins is here as well? Good morning, Benjamin. Good morning. Um, do you remember the scene in the movie Casino <laughs> where the dumbass guy lets the slots hit and he gets fired? Like the local. And then that guy comes in, com, uh, County Commissioner Pat Webb comes in to sit down with uh, Robert De Niro's character, and he says, "You know, you think you you know you think you run this place, and you don't, and we're going to run you out of town." There is that vibe here sometimes. You still get. It. I've been here fourteen years. February. I still have that feeling of like. Hey, man, I love this place. I want to embrace this place. I have embraced this place. It's one thing, I think. Like, I drive around the city, and I'm still, like, in shock. Every day, I'm still like, oh, God, this is the greatest. The great. (laughs) I spent some time yesterday down on on the 101, Ben, and and I'm walking around just going, son of a bitch, I love this place, right? And the, the allure hasn't worn off. But you still see those. You hear those things that, you know, you're a transplant. You'll never understand what it means to be a San Diegan, that's fine, man. Listen, I can totally understand because there have been guys that have come into town, right, from other markets. It's not like Paulie gets on the air and he's like, hell yeah, Seahawks and Mariners and Huskies. And like, the dude doesn't care. He's left it behind, as have I. I miss my parents and I miss breakfast tacos. And that's it. And now the breakfast tacos have been. You know, we've they've I, they I've make found, them here now. They make them here now, so I'm good. I just miss my parents. This is the time. I mean, it's always a great time to live in San Diego, or in California. But this, to me, 
is the best time of the year because you look at the uh, the national weather maps and the giant cold snap that is like descended across the entire country and there's like this little corner where it doesn't totally hit yeah. and it's just where we are right here and yeah it was a little chilly this morning when i got up <laughs> you have shorts and flip-flops on i still on. <laughs> have shorts on i still have flip-flops on and you look at a place like Kansas City where they're going to host a playoff game tomorrow night the wind chill is expected to be 14 below 0 that's 55 degrees colder than it was when I got up this morning here in San Diego. That's the difference between summer, 95 degrees, and what it is now. But they're getting colder the other direction. That is how cold the rest of the country is at this moment. And we get to enjoy golf weather. I got to play golf yesterday uh, with our friend Matt Scraby from the, from the Gwyn and Chris show. It's still the best place to live in the world. It's just not even close. And I think... I'm pretty sure uh, on February 1st, it will be my four, four That's the day I started on the air. I'd been here a few days before. It'll be 14 years here. That's the longest I've ever lived anywhere. Uh, I was such a nomad. My parents kind of knew, like, oh, he's going to this school and that school. He moved here, moved to Vegas <laughs> for six months. Like, he's never going to put down roots. And from the second I arrived, the second, I, I will never forget being picked up from the airport driving through downtown Encinitas, the big Encinitas sign, and I went, that's it. This is it. That's all I want. You know, I lose this job tomorrow, doesn't matter. I love this place. I love it with everything I've got. My mom, and it puts me in a weird, like... Bro, I locked in my tuition at San Diego State, so this August will be 15 years for me, right there with you, and I grew up in Seattle for 18 years. I'm I'm a couple years away from being here as long as I was there. I committed to San Diego State and gave my tuition before I had ever been to San Diego. Of I just, course. I just knew. You knew. That was my spot. My uh, my mom makes me feel weird. Like, she texts me all the time. She's like, oh, we love you. We miss you so much. I hate that you live so far away. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, well, I mean, I hate that you live so far away. This is where I, I live. This is like, yeah, this is. This Have you is, been to San Diego? <laughs> I was so, like, the Christmas bit this year of, like, why don't you guys come out here? And I'm like, you know, there's always a chance that it gets iced over. There's a, no problem here. You guys come. This is paradise. Just and I don't want to like put all the responsibility on them, but it's also like, I I don't. This isn't Sheboygan, Michigan. Like this is San Diego. Bring your ass out. Bring the grandkids and let's do this thing. Let's play some golf. Let's hang out. Let's have some fish tacos. Let's do all the things we love to do. Um, it's just my roundabout way of saying. This is the best place on the planet to live. The best place to live. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, you know. And now you're leaving it. I'm leaving it for Arizona. But that's where Fantasy Camp is. You're now, excited, though. I, can I am so excited. I can tell. When you wa- I, I walked in, and I could tell there was an energy about Woods, and I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> but it's um, it's no. red in Shawshank Redemption at the end. You're, you're excited. You can barely sit still or hold a thought in your head. Yeah. It's the excitement only a free man can feel at the start of a long journey. Oh, yeah. We were planning, conclusion is uncertain. <laughs> we were planning our long journey, our five and a half hour long journey through the desert. When you walked in the door, we're like, "Oh, Benny, what's the name of that taco shop in Yuma?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you guys, you guys are very excited to to get going today, aren't you? Yeah, and we were loading up the car this morning, and I went, "God, it takes a lot of stuff to get out there for this camp." I mean, it takes a lot, but uh, the story should be great. We've got some stories. We've got some ideas of things that we're going to do when we're out there. Um, it's just always a it's always a fun trip. 
being able to go out and play ball, man. Just playing ball uh, out there, being out on the fields, taking grounders and stuff. There's just nothing like it. So very happy to be here today. I will say I do have a, a bit of last day of school uh, feeling in me. Like Pauly texted yesterday. He said, uh, A.J. Casabell's coming on at 9. I said, cool. Let's replay it at 9.30 and leave a little early. <laughs> we just play them back to back. Hey, in case you missed it, here's A.J. Casabell again. <laughs> I, uh, I was also driving around going, how mad would our listeners be if we just replayed the entire Mike Schilt interview at 9.30 with Craig and Annie, and then we got the hell out of here. It would be weird playing that interview going right into their show. If you're dying to get out we're of not, here, I'm we're not. Fine. I'm not going anywhere. So but I you can, can't run the board. I can so. drag Annie and Elston in. And, and, I can't do anything. No. I got I to I gotta wait for That's a good point. Someone's got to run the steer the ship <laughs> until exactly 10 right. o'clock at least so we can get, get through this entire program. That would be a fun experiment Ben runs day. the board. Just... Throw Ben in this chair and just see what happens. Just see what happens. Alex <laughs> says, uh, Tacos M Ranchito for Yuma. Rolled tacos for me. Good options out there. We go to Mr. G's. That's a Ben Higgins uh, recommendation. And the last time we went, we absolutely loved it. Uh, bean and cheese burrito. Pretty basic. Uh, knock your socks off, though. I mean, it's like three bucks. It's, it's, really, it's basic, really, basic, really, it's really good. good. And it's where I always stop when I drive on my, my way. Paulie and I also talking about maybe potentially hitting the Nike outlet today for a few minutes as well on the we have nothing we have we have nowhere to be and we have all day to get there you know what i'm saying like it's just one of those fun fun days that we get to hang out i wish you were coming with us today benny uh but you'll be out there monday so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun be driving out solo first time benny's going to be at fantasy camp it's going to be a blast I think you guys are going to have a great time. We will. My, and so are you. My question is, are you going to perform, though? Because it ends up, in the end, you want to play well. And you'll talk about your regrets for weeks if you don't feel like you stepped out last year. Exactly. You're, well, we you're, did everything we could. We didn't yeah. lose. We didn't win one game last year. Right. But we did everything we could. I blame the managers. Yeah. Oh, Mud and Loretta. I mean, Mud's checked out half the time anyway. Yeah, the guy was late to the field one day. Looking up Blues Brothers videos. Yeah. On his iPhone. To show everybody on the bench. It all comes down to the early the draft, though. Well, it does, but you know, you also don't put a seventy-five-year-old guy at first base. You just don't. Where do you put him? On the bench, <laughs> especially late in the game. Late. Everybody know your role, right? Know your role, know your limitations. Paulie slings the ball. It goes clutch innings. It was huge innings. It was the last out of the game. Paulie fields it, slings a bullet over, and the guy's like, and moved out of the way. And I looked over at Mud, and Mud's like, hey, relax. It's his fantasy camp, too. And I was like, put somebody there that can catch, you bald bastard. And we got into it. I had to go apologize to him after. I said, I'm sorry, Ben. I get a little competitive. No, no, I love that competitive fire. Knowing he was in the coaches room going, this guy's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's probably hopped up on something. He's out of his mind. But I was I don't know that I've ever been that mad on a baseball field. When I saw Paulie let it go, I went, Yes, finally, a dub. Just moved out of the way. I went, I mean, I threw a seed. Paulie threw a right seed at, at his chest. He didn't even see it. Put him in right. Put him in right field. Like, so the uh, difference between you going, you know, one and five or zero oh and six on the line here. No, no, it that was like actually was the first made a game, difference. Maybe? That yeah, would have played. Okay. It would have put us in the third place uh, game. <laughs> yeah, C twenty Moreno, mad at fantasy camp. Yes, I'm mad. I was mad, bro. I like. I like to win. I love to win. I don't like to lose. I do not like to, to go out to fantasy camp to lug all your s out there. 
and you don't win one game is the most mortifying. It's funny. Ball. You care more about who wins at fantasy camp than like the Padres care about their own minor leaguers winning and losing. You're absolutely it's right. Not, oh, it's not about winning and losing. You are absolutely I think right. Ben should care more than anybody that we win a couple of games because if we don't, that's true. If we once again go zero and five or whatever throughout the week and end up in the early. <laughs> Fifth place game on Friday morning. Yeah, play at like eight a.m. We that <laughs> you're eight, solo. Eight a.m. Arizona time. Seven a.m. Pacific. That means we're going to be on the air oh. for about I don't know thirty minutes. Thirty minutes, and then Ben's going to have to fly solo for three hours. All right, you're right. I'm your biggest fan now. Just just win at least one or two games so you can get out of the last place game <laughs> and the early time slot on Friday morning. Polly Polly goes, bro. I don't know about you. But I'm playing every game like it's my last. I go, you've never seen intensity like you're going to see out there this week. And if you're on my team, you better bring it. All right? I'm tired of this, man. Tired of it. Uh, but it's such a great time. And we will have fun. We'll have some great bits, I'm sure. Uh, just try not to pull a hammy or anything while we're out there. Uh, but, yeah, we do. Uh, we have A.J. Cassavell coming up today at 9 o'clock. We won't replay it at 9.30 as much as I want to. I uh, want to talk to him about the goings-on of the Padres. Maybe he's heard uh, some things. But, yeah, there's some minor moves in baseball yesterday, a couple of, couple of signings that are interesting. Um, but, yeah, it still remains fairly slow. Dodgers made a trade yesterday that had a few people scratching their heads, but I think it makes, makes sense once you look into it. Yeah, those are some of the things we'll talk about. We'll set our menu for a Friday coming up next. Glad to have you with us, Woodsy and Paul. Maybe a foot out the door, but they promised to stay until 10 a.m. Let's check traffic, and then off we go on a Friday on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Shots from your um, your better half, don't you? <laughs> That's all she does. Hannah in the chat says, "So the menu bit going to stick around, I guess." <laughs> Listen, she is my arbiter of of this show. I run many many things by her uh, for her rubber stamp, and I don't. I had not run the menu. Well, it's I just something thought, we just. Kind I mean, of... and I thought it was a good idea to let everybody know, you know, in a segment, a short segment here, usually at six twenty. Yeah, very everything short. that's coming up on the show today. Get to some of the you know early headlines that you might have missed from late last night or early this morning, such as the New England Patriots hiring Gerard Mayo as their new head coach. They have already replaced Bill Belichick. Less than twenty four hours later, did not take long, so you can kind of get. Some of the meat out really quickly early in the show and then tell everybody what is coming up. I will acknowledge, maybe menu isn't great. Menu implies 
you have a choice out there. Like we hand you a menu and here's what you can pick from. We don't really give you the option as to what or when we're going to talk about things on this program. You just have to. It's true. It's more of a prefix. Yeah. Sort of show. Yeah. The prefix. <laughs> you, you, we, the courses will come out as we, yeah, and you eat the them. chefs decide. Or you don't. And then you can eat them or you can not <laughs> eat them. You will like it's them. not. It's not really a menu in the sense that, you know, it's not the Cheesecake Factory. All right, what would you like us to talk about? Oh, really? In the NHL? Uh, okay. Okay, here we go. We're here to serve. Can, have I told you guys about Cutter Clotier yet? <laughs> so in that sense, yes, it's not a, it's not a menu. Um, it's, it's more of a, us telling you what's coming up today J- on the program. Jared says bring back the Daily Ditty. We booted the Daily Ditty because we didn't think anybody cared about the Daily Ditty anymore. I'm... You know me. I'm such a pushover. If two people one ask person for it, has asked for it. But yeah, if two people ask for it, guys, we blew it. I we was okay it. with going away because I've run out of songs that I know of. And that's I, true. I had nothing left to pick. We could do Woodsy's Daily Ditty, but that's not fun for anybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never plus, run out of I want guys want you to hear plus, this. Plus, we can't even play it for the YouTube streamers Correct. who don't get to hear it that's because true. of music licensing restrictions on the internet. Correct. So you only get to hear get that if you're... Strike. On the air, and it just felt like we had we'd done it for a couple of years, and it was time to, to move on to something else. Yeah. Maybe the menu won't last forever. Exactly. It's a placeholder, a bit of a segment right here. So but what are the specials today? We did it for today? three years. There's 730 songs on there. If you want to go and listen to the Daily Diddy playlist. <laughs> the Spotify list well, still exists. Oh, yeah. 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 You can look it up on Spotify. It's just Ben and Woods, Daily Diddy. <laughs> Kevin uh, Kurt says, yeah, Ben will continue to pick the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> West End Girls. <laughs> uh, a little bit of Padres news we'll get to. They uh, they agreed to terms on all four of their arbitration-eligible players. We can uh, talk about, I mean, you knew they were going to because A.J. always, always gets it settled before a hearing. He has never gone to an arbitration hearing Batting with 1, a single one of his players now in 10 off-seasons. Every single time. And that is not the case with uh, a lot of teams. I, I didn't even realize this. A lot of teams are file and trial. There's even a phrase for it. Oh, yeah, they're a file and trial team. And either you take what they offer you or they take you to the arbitration hearing Damn. to the court. Okay. And they don't, they don't ever, they don't never say yes to what a player asks for. You simply agree to their terms or they go fight it out in that arbitration hearing in February. Their last arbitration hearing, Ben. Was Andrew Kashner in 2014, and that even Damn. predates AJ Preller? Uh, again, he's batting a thousand. So they got the one-year agreements with Michael King, Eniel De Los Santos, Adrian Morejon, and Kyle Higashioka. Yeah, and you can argue whether is it a good thing or a not a good thing. Uh, obviously, the Padres have spent over 10 years, and I'm sure they've had to cave a little bit to make sure they got it done every single time. There, there probably were some stubborn agents who go. We're not coming down much from this offer. If you want to, you know, come close, we can play ball. It's probably been several million dollars over the ten years that they've spent extra to make sure they don't go to those arbitration like, players. Players and agents yeah. know yeah. that about no, AJ. you know it, it's 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 two hundred thousand at a time, four hundred thousand here. I mean, over ten years. I, I wonder how much they think it's actually added up to, and w- if it's worth it. I, I think there's. I don't think there's any question that it is, Ben. If you just look at just look at this year's uh, numbers, right? Michael King is going to make three point one million dollars. That's a bargain for a, a pitcher of his caliber, Ben. Higgy. Now we don't know what the numbers because they never get to the point where right. exchange. But let's say King and his agent were asking for. 
3.2, and the Padres were hoping it was going to be 2.8, and they settled at well, 3.1 more on the player's side to make sure it got done. But you can also compare... That's $300,000 difference But right you there. can also compare... Victor Caratini is making $6 million as a backup catcher. Kyle Higashioka is making $2 million as a backup catcher. Well, you know what I, I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not... I'm not the, obviously, different players are going to get different amounts. Uh, in terms of, though... Could they have saved some money over the years by going to arbitration hearings and fighting it out? Like the Milwaukee Brewers did with Josh Hader. Like they do almost with every player. They they do save some money that way, but the cost is more of a a hit to your organizational reputation, an emotional one sometimes with players. Obviously, Josh Hader reportedly did not take it very well with the Brewers, kind of poisoned the rep you know his relationship with the organization Corbin Burns did not take it well when they did it last year look I think there's guys you go to arm with and there's guys you don't and and Josh Hader and Corbin Burns are not two guys that I'm going to call in and go so you were late to you were late to your bullpen that one time which is what they do they dig and they they really I mean if Adam did that stuff to I would be like forget it I don't want to work here I'll take less money to go work somewhere else. Whereas I'm someone maybe he could go to arbitration with and would take it less personally than you. Yeah, probably. Probably. But the Padres don't go with anyone. No. They don't like like looking down. This guy could be okay with it. Let's just go to arbitration. They never do. I like it. They never have under A.J. Preller. So they got all the deals done yesterday. Uh, Speaking of the Padres, Mike Schilt. Made his first appearance with Annie and Elston yesterday, and we'll have some of that audio coming up for you in our next segment. Good interview. The parts that I, I did hear sounded like they did a very nice job uh, chatting with the new Padres skipper. Uh, we will have our uh, Take on Woods competition coming up in our 7 o'clock segment. As always, chance to qualify. No one has beat Woods yet uh, in our musical trivia challenge. Don't do this at 7.35 this morning. We will make some NFL picks. It is playoff time, and it feels feels like a fun thing to do to go on the record before the games are played give our opinions just like everybody is around the country right now super original bit making those playoff selections not the most original but always a fun way to discuss the six games that are coming up this weekend all here on 97.3 the fans here's an opportunity for you eric uh, in the chat says what does arbitration mean oh i get to ben's playing ben's playing thank you all right eric so for players who have not yet reached free agency the six years of team control, but have more than either two or three years, depending on how much service time they've acquired. Your salary in the first three years is usually just dictated by the team, and they give you the minimum or maybe a little bit more if you're like a second- or third-year guy. But once you get to that arbitration period, and there's usually three years of arbitration, you get to exchange salary figures, and you and your agent come up with a number, and based on you know your performance and how well you've done, the team comes up with a number, which is obviously lower because they're looking to save money. And if you don't agree on a one-year deal, they still have your rights because you're not a free agent yet. But they go to a hearing, and it's usually in a you know in an office somewhere, either in Florida or Arizona, depending on where your spring training is. And your agent and you will sit down, and the team will send a representative, and they will argue in, in front of a a judge, essentially, an arbitrator, who will look at the facts and go, okay, yeah, you made a really good case. You were really productive. You did all the things the team well. We're going to give you the player's figure. Yep. Or the team will go, yeah, all right. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he was good, but he wasn't that good. We're going to go with the team's figure. And the arbitrator can't decide anything else. The arbitrator can't go, really, somewhere in the middle would be good. No, it's either one or the other. Those are the only two options for the arbitrator. And that sets their salary on your deal for the following season in arbitration. And it gets higher, obviously, 
every year you go to arbitration, there, there's certain minimum increases that they have to get to. But like Juan Soto got $31 million. You know, he didn't go to arbitration, but he got $31 million, an arbitration eligible player record yesterday yep. from the Yankees. Had they gone, he might have asked for 32 and a half. The Yankees might have countered with like 29, and they could have argued and nitpicked about Juan Soto in a courtroom. But they don't want to do that, so they just sign the player and, and get it done. Yep. So that's how arbitration works. Uh, second half of the show, as you mentioned, we've got AJ Casavell. It gets gnarly in arbitration. Yeah, which is really bad. Stories like, hey, you did walk that one guy yep. to end that one game yep. in relief, so and we're I think actually going to dock <clears throat> you for that. I've heard it actually gets even like, like personal. more personal. Stuff like that. Like, hey, man, your head was in the clouds, blah, blah, blah. You did this, you did that. I would hate that. That, that thing, you know, that thing with. With your buddy that showed up and he was hammered and you know, like they just dig 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 they do anything they can to make you look l- worth less than you are and that sucks man I <laughs> I can't even imagine having to go- it's a little bit like that with radio negotiation sometimes but not to the uh, personal level that's for sure so uh, there is definitely a value to not going to arbitration because you don't no have doubt. to. Do any of those arguments or cases. And good vibes, you have, right? Yeah, good vibes going forward. So that's what's on the prefix menu today for the Ben and Woods program to wrap up the week on a Friday. We'll come back. Let's hear some of that Annie and Elston uh, interview with yes. Mike Schilt, some of the cuts uh, from the skipper yesterday. He's had a very busy first off season as Padres manager, to be sure. Get you caught up there. Coming up next with Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fam. Friday to you, our uh, very beloved Tier 1 and uh, junior, well, he's a junior PD, I, I feel, uh, as well, gives me a lot of advice on the radio business. Our pal Corey Stewart turns, I don't know. 21. What would, you, what would your guess be? Ooh, Corey Stewart. So I worked 50. with Corey 25 plus years ago at the old 690. Yeah. And he was uh, producing the morning show. Yeah. So he's not just the tier 1 when he gives you radio advice. Well, he knows the business. That's he why knows I listen the business. To him. Yeah. Um 50. I would say Corey is Wow, could he be 50? He could be. His innards are 79. I would say 47. Okay. I'm going to say he's younger than me. All right. And you. Just by a hair. I'll go I'll go 48. All right. Well, there's not a lot. You know, listen, I mean, I'm excited about baseball season. I always am. But opening day, Corey Stewart tailgate is one for the – he could sell tickets, and he makes that rum punch, and it makes you really hung over the next day. That is something I learned uh, on opening day. A- anything Corey hands you makes you hung over that's the true. next day. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's... You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, one of our Tim says his liver is older. His liver is older. One of our beloved. Uh, happy birthday, pal. We love you. Happy birthday, Corey. All right. Uh, we're going to check traffic. When we come back, hear a little bit from Mike Schilt and his conversation yesterday with Annie and Elston in our middays next here on 97.3 The Fan.
So we had Mike Schilt on uh, right after he was introduced as Padres manager uh, for our first conversation. He, I believe he was already back in Charlotte at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was... Uh... Getting on a plane that morning, he joined us super early, like six fifteen. Yeah. Well, apparently he's been doing that all off season, flying either Charlotte to San Diego, back home to Charlotte. Which, um, if if you read the piece in the UT about Mike Schilt, he has deep ties to the Charlotte area where he started uh, doing his coaching, high school, college level, and then eventually got a job as a scout in the Cardinals organization, which led him into coaching in the minor leagues. In the Cardinals, rose up through the ranks to become their manager. Then, of course, now coming over to the Padres and becoming the manager of the Padres. But hasn't just been back and forth. He's also been making trips to different parts of the country, different parts of the world to meet with some of the Padres players, uh, like Fernando Tatis Jr. during this offseason. How did he get that all approved by uh, through corporate? Apparently, they're not quite as stingy with the tra- <laughs> travel funds Dang, as man. Odyssey is uh, with Mike Schilt Lord. and uh, Annie and Elston. Uh, when Mike Schilt appeared on the show yesterday, asked him about his uh, his busy offseason player visits. Yeah, Annie, um, you know, listen, it's great to connect with the players. Um, I think it's really important to make sure. I mean, the good news is, uh, you know, establish a relationship already with these guys, but clearly in a different role. And, um, you know, just being able to connect with them, get get uh, their thoughts, feelings, just spend some quality time with them, you know, away from the ballpark's important and just establish those relationships. So great guys, uh, really good times together. And, Really good conversations, and some of it was even about baseball. <laughs> I hope you got some sun in there too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mixed a little bit in there, yeah. So um, there's been the suggestion. So Mike Schilt is is what the fourth full time manager AJ Preller has hired. Full time, yeah, yeah. If you go with uh, Andy Green, who of course was the first time skipper that AJ pulled out of. Fair obscurity to become Circuit City. the manager. Right. And then Jace Tingler, who, as we've later learned, wasn't really the first choice, but had a relationship with AJ from the Texas Rangers. That didn't work out. And then there was Bob Melvin, who I don't want to say was forced on AJ, but let's just be honest. There was a directive from Peter Seidler and above that they wanted a more experienced voice. Sure. And when Bob Melvin, and, and I think it was AJ's idea, like, I think we can get Bob Melvin. Yeah. They thought everyone thought it was a good idea at the time, but they didn't. They didn't click and they didn't mesh. So there's a thought that Mike Schilt may be the most compatible skipper AJ has ever had in his tenure as a Padre. In I, terms of, in you know that intensity, that drive, that relentlessness that AJ tends to show, Mike Schilt kind of echoes that as well. Yeah, I, honestly, when the Melvin deal came through, I thought, okay, this is good for the next. I thought f- minimum. Minimum five years. And I know he signed a whatever three year deal, but I thought he ain't going anywhere. This is the guy that we're going to, you know, is going to skipper us to hopefully some great heights. Um, this is not a knock on Mike Schilt at all. And he will be the first to tell you, and I believe he even says it in the Kevin ACPs, he is an organizational man. And he came from an organization in the St. Louis Cardinals that that's what they have, that's what they want. Um, the fact that you know, late earlier in the week in the Rindle report, we actually had to mention that they went out and hired Heim Bloom, um, Heim Bloom from the Red Sox. He was let go, but hire him because they needed an outside voice tells you everything you need to know about the Cardinals. They promote from within. They 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 mold these guys. They model these guys. They groom these guys to be skippers at the next level. So um, 
Mike Schilt is an organizational man. I think, honestly, that's what A.J. Preller was looking for. And I think he's going to march to the beat of um, a collective a collective drum. And Mike Schilt, it sounds like he's he's more than okay with that. Sure. And uh, they asked him about working with A.J. Preller now. Well, I think, you know, listen, there's um, several things. I think his primary uh, connection is just the absolute love of the game of baseball. You know, A.J.'s a baseball guy through and through, and Hart for it, grew up with it. Um, you know, clearly different paths to get to where we are. But, you know, in conversation with him, he was talking about it, you know, how he just, uh, you know, how he grew up, how he, you know, studied the game, how he loved the game, how he followed the game, and just, um, you know, a story that led him to where he's at. You know, it's really driven through passion and love of the game of baseball and something we just clearly have a um, mutual interest in. Yeah, it it feels as though they're not going to agree on everything. And sometimes when you have two guys with similar kind of philosophies, that can actually hurt you because... Does any tandem in sports agree on everything, no, though? No, but I think they they almost can understand where <laughs> at least they're they're coming from. And I don't know that everyone... I don't know that Bob Melvin understood where AJ was coming from, and I don't know that AJ understood exactly where Bob Melvin was coming from over the last couple of years. Uh, they got into spring training, and and Schilt has prepared for many spring trainings, either as manager or in his other roles within the Cardinals organization. Have no doubts that uh, he is on top of what's going to be going on in Peoria next month. A little bit about what's uh, his preparations for spring training coming up. Yeah, you know, Andy, I've said this. Um quite a bit internally I'm, I'm wanting to go really fast slowly um because i want to go deep and what i mean by that is, you know we've got some ground to cover we've got a great exciting new um staff some staff members that are back some that are new some are coming through the organization um just got through spending three days in arizona with that group and man what a special what a special group of guys that are going to do a fantastic job but you know, getting back to the concept of going fast, slowly, I just want to make sure we create that identity of who we are, what we represent, create processes that are, you know, sustainable, clear, uh, simple, actionable, partner with our players. And, and all these things, are, you know, they sound great, but they're, and they are, and um, they're not easy to execute. It does take some time, it does take some intentionality. Um, you know, it was one of the things that, was really important to me when in talking to players and will continue to be is how we're going to do this together. Uh, and again, my mission is us having a tremendous 2024 and I'm excited, optimistic about it, but you know, really, um, you know, my vision for this is making sure that the San Diego Padre organization is in a good place to compete, to have sustained success over the next, you know, three, five, eight, ten 10 years. Um, I do have that perspective and, understand what that takes and it looks like and, and have those experiences and want to be able to bring those with me and then partner with the experiences and the people we have to, again, make it more how the Padres operate because that's just uh, how it needs to be and I'm excited about it and and we're, we're gaining ground. I don't know what they're going to call Mike, it. I just so. mentally pinned. about that? It's Craig, didn't mean to step on you there. Um, I, I don't the know what time, they're going right? to call it. But Mike Schilt clearly wants to establish a Padre way. Sure. Like like there was a Cardinals way, and he worked in the Orioles, and, and if you read the piece in the UT with worshipped Cal Ripken and, and the Oriole way back when they were successful as well. He he knows so much what he wants, Woods. is he, He's put it on a T-shirt before they wrote yeah, it. Yeah, I, like I got it right things. here. You got them? Yep. Uh, winning baseball. And it's together. It's defense makes routine plays. 
pitchers throw strikes, and the offense executes. It seems pretty basic. It seems really almost overly basic sure. for the modern game. And I, I wonder, is that is that enough nowadays to like, be successful? But his, his quote was, those, those four things are still what I'm going to preach. When you show up and evaluate if teams are together and they're not beating themselves defensively, which we did last year uh, uh, sometimes, uh, pitchers are throwing the ball over the plate, not beating themselves, and batters have good, productive, smart at-bats. At the end of the day, you shake a lot of hands. And uh, this is the quote that that jumped out to me as well. And then beyond that, it's really ultimately about I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve the staff. I'm here to serve the players and the organization. That hasn't changed. My heart is for the players. They're the reason I'm here, the reason I have a job, and the reason I do this. I love this. So far, uh, so good for Mike Schultz. Now, he's not managed a game for the San Diego Padres yet. But as it stands right now, you know his slate is clean. He's got an A-plus going into the season. We'll see how it, it it all shakes out after 162, but you know so far he's doing the right things and he's saying the right things. What else can you ask for at this point? Not much. I just want to push back because you said you said something about the Padres beating themselves defensively last year. There, there were plenty of times the top they, defensive teams they were, in baseball. They last were, year? but man, the 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 routine grounder to short. Uh, was booted several times. I mean, yes, they had some stellar defensive plays, but there were some games where you're like, that's just sloppy, sloppy. I mean, we, they didn't they didn't commit many errors. We, they were near the bottom in errors. We they talked were near about, the top in other defensive metrics. We talked about sloppy baseball from the San Diego Padres last year a lot. They thought, did get sloppy. I, now, thought, number, I can, thought they were sloppy offensively. Oh, no, I thought, I, defensively too. I didn't too. think defensively they were a sloppy team. I think Mike Schultz starting... From a pretty good place defensively I, with this team. I think so, too. I think so, too. But, like you said, like that has to be... The routine plays have to be made all the time. And I don't think they were last year. Uh, I really don't. I thought some spectacular plays were made. Some some defensive runs were saved. Absolutely. But I can recall several instances of really sloppy uh, sloppy baseball. Guys being late to the, to the bag on a... I recall base running oh, yeah. blunders. Me too. I recall... Plenty of lack of offensive execution, and I feel like that's got to be a huge focus in spring training. No doubt. But I don't have this memory that you do of oh, I do. Yeah. defensive sloppy. mistakes last sloppy year. Or the sloppy, base sloppy. running for sure. Yeah. Sloppy. They, I don't remember them being I more, they any were more sloppy crisp than any other team Defensively, at least get, I mean, every team makes a few mistakes sure. over the course of the year, but I'm thinking I feel like comparatively the Padres defensively were for sharp last year. Sharp. Sharp-ish, but yeah. but again, again, like you can you can manipulate numbers to say, oh no, I mean, we didn't make a lot of errors last year. They didn't give a lot of errors last year. Do you remember that? They did not give many errors last year. But that's true across baseball. And sure. the Padres still ended up with the uh, some of the fewest, the bottom third in the league. In this total is the errors. team that I watch, though. This is the team I know, that I watch. I watch them too, and I just have a different recollection. I'm curious whether tier ones agree with you or me. I think now they- together. I didn't get a sense of together a lot. No. And offensive execution, didn't get a sense of that a lot. Pitchers throw strikes, to me, maybe a little bit. I mean, it's always good to not walk a bunch of guys, although Blake Snell had a Cy Young year when he walked a bunch of guys last yeah. year. And, you know, pitchers need to miss bats, and pitchers need to avoid hard contact as well. I don't think just throwing strikes gets it done necessarily in the modern game. Yeah, it's great if you're a high school coach or a college coach. Throwing strikes is absolutely essential if you're a little league coach uh, you're, you're going to win almost every game if you got pitchers who throw strikes no doubt but in the big league level i don't know if that's one of my tenets is is all i'm saying pound the zone man pound and, the zone. And, and mike schilt knows way more than i do but i think together and offense executes are two absolute 
musts this spring training for the Padres to be working on. Yeah, pound, I mean, pound the zone is standard. That's just a standard, standard trope in baseball. Don't don't give don't give guys. But if you have Blake Snell stuff, you can you can walk guys. And then uh, just wrapping up this segment and some Schilt audio. Uh, Annie and Elston asked him about Manny Machado, how he's doing in his uh, his rehab from the elbow surgery had during the off season. Yeah, I mean, timeline still. Good news is he's doing great. I mean, he's doing fantastic. Um, you know, he's winning the offseason like, like sounds like a lot of our players are. He's, you know, you would expect working hard. He's in a great place. I'm really happy you know, the fact that he's, you know, gotten some of this behind him. And, you know, clearly he's got a still road to head with the, with the um, physical therapy and the recovery. But he's doing great. All reports are positive. Starting to swing the bat off the tee, soft toss flips. Um, so that part's good. Starting to go play catch. You know, we look. Everything's moving in a very positive direction, uh, dare I say, ahead of schedule. But, you know, we'll continue to take inventory of what that looks like leading into spring training. But, you know, we're he's optimistic, most importantly. Medical team's optimistic, and, and that leads me to have optimism that that he's going to be ready. We just don't want to rush it. But he's in a good spot doing baseball activities, which is clearly good. So far, the injury news has seemed pretty decent this offseason. So. Yeah, yeah, Manny Machado. No reason to you know re- rush him along. I mean, you can be patient here. It's still January. Saw Joe Musgrove throwing off a mound. He's and- back in the uh, back in that backyard. His lab. His lab. <laughs> but we have a lab. <laughs> yeah, now. but he's his lab is the backyard. He also oh, doesn't he own a lab? He might. He does. He <laughs> opened a lab. <laughs> he did. Remember uh, down off of. Um, um, where do we do our, our live remotes by Alesmith? What's that street? Miramar. He opened his own lab, and that dude's back in that backyard on that mound slinging it. A I mean, baseball lab or a coffee lab? No, he opened okay. like a real baseball okay. lab for kids and people to train. <laughs> and yeah, stuff. he did. You're right. You're gym. Right. I don't know that it's. It's a lab. Like, it's like mounds and everything. I thought it was just gym. If I owned my own lab, I would never it's all leave. all kettlebells <laughs> just hanging precariously <laughs> from threads. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 got mounds and stuff in there too, uh, from from my understanding. But so. uh, you know, and and I think the most important thing, I mean, Manny coming back is, is key, and and it's good that he's going. You Darvish and Joe, though, their health is is paramount this year right now for the Padres. They both ended the year at uh, you know injured and not pitching. They both need to come back with the pitching depth that the Padres are lacking. They need those two guys to both step up and be who they are for the 2024 season. And if you know either of those guys have setbacks, misses chunks of time, that lack of depth will become painfully apparent in the Padres pitching staff no in question. the starting rotation. No question about it. All right, uh, we have a few more bites. We can get to them later in the program. But Good let's job, uh, Elston and Annie. Let's and Andy come back. And there were a couple of moves yesterday in Major League Baseball. Marcus Stroman had a trade with the Cubs and the Dodgers. <laughs> We will talk about those, also play some Take on Woods, try to qualify another Tier 1 for a trip to Las Vegas. Coming up next, Ben Woods on a Friday on San Diego's number 1 sports station, 97.3 The Fan.